It's, it's, it's time to talk that talk, and we talk it like no one else. This is the Stinking Truth. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome into the Stinking Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside, well, alongside no Mike Evans today. So he is on vacation, uh, and he'll be back next week. So just nothing but the best for Mike, and I hope he's enjoying his vacation. But there's a lot of things going on in the National Football League, and let's start with the breaking news just came down about 30 minutes ago, the end of the Russell Wilson era in Denver. It is over. Sean Payton confirmed that uh, he confirmed not only to Russell Wilson this morning, but also to the Denver Broncos, the football team, that Russell will not start for the remainder of the season. They're going to Jared Stidham. And obviously there's some things, complications here from a salary guarantee standpoint that if Russell was to get hurt in the next two weeks, that his 2025 salary due to injury uh, stipulations in there would be fully guaranteed. And that's like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a ridiculous amount of money. And ultimately I think there's a couple of things that I think about when it comes to Russell Wilson and this decision, first and foremost, operating the offense in the structure of the plays called has not been Russell Wilson's strong suit. And I, You can see the frustration go back a couple of weeks ago when Sean Payton yelled at Russell Wilson, screamed at Russell Wilson um, after a failed uh, situation at the end of the game where Sean was just totally upset and they ended up having to kick a field goal instead of, you know, getting a touchdown. The operation wasn't clean. Whatever the case was, they did not address that situation. But, you know, you can go back throughout the course of the uh, regular season where Sean has been less than pleased with the operation of the offense. So I think there's a couple of things that go on here in regards to Russell Wilson. First and foremost, when you think about your ability to run an offense, you're 12, and you look at the limitations that Russell has, really, you think about all these different things that go into operating this offense. And I think I would say that the first thing is when you watch the film of Russell Wilson, he does a poor job of getting from the front side of a progression to the back side of a progression. If number one is not open, then oftentimes what Russell will do was pull the ball and start scrambling around to try and make a play. Now, off schedule, he's as good as it gets in the National Football League. He is great off schedule, but the offense can't operate that way. It cannot operate on an off-schedule basis. I have never walked into a huddle at any point in time in my career where the play call was, you know, broken play on two, broken play on two, let's go. That's not how it works. And so Russell Wilson really struggles getting through progressions from one to two to three to four on the backside. The other thing he struggles with is anticipatory throws, throwing it into a window that's going to come open. And you see this on a consistent basis. When you set up, let's, for instance, a high-low read where you've got somebody underneath, maybe a little spot route by the tight end and a basic going over the top of it, an in-cutting route going over the top of it, and that that tight end spot route is covered, and all of a sudden, instead of anticipating that window opening where that next receiver is going to come into it, he pulls the ball and runs. And those are the things that drive Sean Payton crazy Those are the things that they don't operate well. And one of the reasons that this offense has been so stagnant and, you know, ultimately I agree with the decision because it comes down to this. It's a production based business and it's a production versus cost. 
and the cost of Russell Wilson at 35, 36, 37 million dollars versus the production you get out of him is not congruent. It, it just doesn't match up. You can get this production out of a young ascending quarterback as opposed to an older descending quarterback. And so it makes total sense why they did it. I understand the um, financial ramifications of it, but the bottom line is this was a long time coming, and I, I totally agree with the decision. Time to move on from Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson will not be the quarterback moving forward in Denver. Where does he land? You know, ultimately, when you look through, you know, you look through teams and and we could do it really quick. I mean, this is a pretty easy exercise. So if you look through the teams in the National Football League right now, what uh, what makes sense? Well, if I went through all these teams and started the AFC East, for instance, would he fit with Miami? No. Would he fit with uh, the Patriots? Yeah, possibly. Would he fit with Buffalo? No. Would he fit with the Jets? No. Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. So I don't see that happening. You know, then you go through um, the rest of the teams in the National Football League. I mean, there's probably four or five teams tops that Russell Wilson actually would fit into. Uh, the Browns, probably not. Um, the Lions, no. The Cowboys, no. I'm just going through teams off the top of my head. The Falcons, maybe. The Bears, you're either going to stay with Justin Fields or you're going to get the first pick overall in the draft. The Raiders, um, I doubt it. The the Indianapolis Colts, no, you drafted in the first round last year. The Rams, no. The Giants, Danny Dimes is coming back. That's a no. The Eagles, no. Uh, the Saints, probably not. The Buccaneers, I mean, B Baker Mayfield's actually playing pretty well right now. I mean, there's a very limited number of teams that I believe that Russell Wilson could go to and, and play, and especially, you know, not at that structure or that contract. So he's got to renegotiate his contract. So this is a, this is a really interesting development here in Denver but a really interesting development for where Russell Wilson lands. And does he become kind of that journeyman bridge quarterback that we've seen so many guys turn into, which is crazy considering just a few years ago, he was considered a first ballot hall of famer. I don't know if that's changed, but certainly it makes you kind of scratch your head and look forward going like what, what's going to happen next. So big news here in Denver, Russell Wilson, no longer the starting quarterback of your Denver Broncos. Um, I think the other thing that I wanted to get into today was the MVP conversation. Who is the most valuable player of this league? And, you know, I've had this issue with MVPs for a long time that, that I look at and go, you know, it, it's become very much like the Heisman. It's a quarterback award, which pisses me off. It drives me crazy because, you know, most of those guys don't play football. They, they play quarterback. And I think it's a different position and it's a protected position. And I would like to see it expanded to, you know, the guys that play receiver, guys that play running back, guys that play on the defensive side of the ball, guys that play, you know, other positions. But obviously that's not the way it's going to go. And it comes down to the game Monday night between San Francisco and Baltimore. And um, that's probably the first time we've seen the San Francisco 49ers get bludgeoned by another team. And Baltimore will do that to you. They are a physical group, but... I think that there's part of me that feels like that 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 those two football teams match up much better than what we saw on Monday night. Uh, Baltimore absolutely won the physical battle, and and they created five turnovers. They picked off Brock Purdy four times, and obviously thrust Lamar Jackson into the MVP 
front runner conversation, which you know I tend to agree with. I I think going into that game, I had said this before. I love Brock Purdy, but I think if it's going to be a quarterback award, it would go to the guy who does more for his football team, that does the most for his football team, and that is Lamar Jackson. I think we saw that come to fruition the other night in Monday Night Football because what happens with Lamar is obviously Baltimore is physical. They can run the ball. They can do all those things. But what I saw with Lamar was his ability to extend plays, his ability to make things happen as an offensive weapon. And his I mean, he has increased his his value as a drop back passer. There is no question. But the times that he was pressured and the times that he extended plays and the times where he took off and didn't just run the football, but found receivers open down the field. That's the difference for me. This guy makes up for a multitude of sins. And we used to say this all the time when I was playing here in Denver with Terrell Davis. You know, everybody would say, hey, this offensive line is really good. And we'd be like, well, you know, we're all right, but Terrell Davis makes up for a multitude of sins. Like, you could not block things correctly, and he's still going to create opportunities for you. And I think that's what you look at with Lamar. I mean, he's got two offensive tackles that have been rotating snaps and have injuries at the offensive tackle position, and yet he just continues to make big-time plays down the football field, throwing it, and also with his scrambles. And even in that game, he scrambled for about 40-some-odd yards, but 30 of it came on one play. So I think he certainly set himself up as the front runner for that award, but we know it's kind of a week-to-week thing as, as depending upon how guys feel. Now, if you're a 49er fan, I would tell you this. Those games happen. And every now and again, you kind of, usually not at home, they don't happen, but every now and again, you find a team that just matches up well with you, creates opportunities, and you get your ass worn out. And that's not one of those things that I would look at and say, hey, man, if they played again Super Bowl time, um, what I think it's going to be a blowout or, or, or a trouncing by the Baltimore Ravens. No, I don't. I think they're pretty evenly matched. And I think what happened was you turn the ball over, you know, four times early and you give them short fields and they take advantage of those things, um, you're going to get blown out. But I think those two teams match up a little bit more closely than the score would necessarily indicate. So, um, I'm not overly concerned about San Francisco, but I am concerned with some of the injuries and their inability to get um, to get off the football field on the defensive side of the ball. But a lot of that has to do with Lamar. When you pass rush him and you get him off his spot and he can make you miss and scramble around and create big-time plays, um, that's one of the issues that you have when you're facing Lamar Jackson. So unbelievable job by Lamar. Um I do believe he's the front runner right now. If the voting were to end today, which it doesn't, but if it were, um, I believe he'd win it. And I think it's going to be really hard for Brock Purdy to throw himself back into that conversation. At this point, it's going to go Lamar, probably Christian McCaffrey would be number two, and we'll see if uh, a guy like Dak Prescott or somebody else can kind of can kind of bolster their odds, if you will. But uh, I think right now, as it stands it's going to be Lamar, and then Lamar has another opportunity to to cement it um, this coming week because they take on the Miami Dolphins. So if he can go back-to-back uh, games against Brock Purdy, a front-runner, and Tua Tungabailoa, uh, a front-runner as well, uh, if he can go back-to-back games with great games and, and winning those football games, then I think it pretty much cements Lamar uh, winning his second MVP, which would be 
pretty freaking cool. So anyhow, those are the, the things that I'm thinking about. Um, congratulations to the Lions winning the NFC North. Um, absolutely unbelievable what they've been able to do. Congratulations to Dan Campbell as well because I think that's really cool. They haven't won it in forever, and uh, they certainly deserve that. Um, ultimately, that's kind of where I'm right now. I'm sorry that Mike is not here because I'm just rambling on. Uh, about a whole lot of nothing, but I appreciate you guys watching and listening. Oh, as far as uh, the game I called last week, let's just couple this in here. Indianapolis against the Atlanta Falcons. I want to focus on the Atlanta Falcons because this is a football team that I really believe should have about 10 wins right now. And um, it's unfortunate that they've tried to figure it out. Des Ritter truly hasn't played uh, the way they thought he was going to play, and that's part and parcel of being – a young quarterback, but when this team operates the way they operated on Sunday against um, against the Indianapolis Colts, when they're running the ball with that three-headed monster of Patterson, of Algier, and of Robinson, um, when their quarterback is making plays out of the pocket like he did, uh, that's a pretty damn good football team with a really good defense. So uh, the Atlanta Falcons, I don't know if they'll get in because Tampa Bay seems to be playing pretty well right now. I think Breaker Mayfield – is is playing exceptional football right now at the quarterback position. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have enough to overtake the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but the Atlanta Falcons that I called last week was was pretty incredible. And you know, there's a lot of potential of of coaches being fired. I think they're going to retain Arthur Smith. I think they'll they'll win this thing out and uh, put themselves in a position to at least be in that playoff conversation. I don't think they get in, but I think Arthur Smith retains his job with Atlanta, and that's just kind of the way I feel about that. Anyhow. For everybody involved in the Stinky Truth Podcast, we truly appreciate you. Uh, sorry that Mike wasn't here today and that I am rambling, but that's the way it goes sometimes. So um, until next week, man, we'll be back with you guys next week, uh, obviously, to break it all down, uh, the Week 17 matchups and going into Week 18 as well. For everybody involved, we thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back with you next week.